Hey, it's Chef Carla, and welcome to Show Up Fully. This is a podcast where I share what it's like to show up for your real life. If you don't know me, I'm a food stylist, photographer, and health coach. You can find me, it's Carla Contreras on Instagram, and more information in today's show notes. Today's guest is my friend, Jake. I swear we have tried to do this podcast maybe like 10 times, and Jake Hunt is a farmer and he is oh, he is just such an incredible human behind Windy Brow Farms, and he runs it with his parents. And Jake, I just want to express, like at the top of this podcast, that like some people go to Disney, our family <laughs> goes to Windy Brow. Like this is literally like the happiest place for us. And I would love for you to introduce yourself and how you serve the world. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Um, you know, three times. I think we've only tried three times. Give yourself some credit, you know, and I, I screwed up one of those and, and you screwed up two of them. So it's fine. It's, it is more on you than it is on me, but it's fine. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's really good to be here um, and great to be with you finally. Uh, so I own and operate um, a fruit farm, an orchard, uh, a fruit orchard, a farm, a bakery, a creamery in northwestern New Jersey. Uh, with my parents. Um, we're situated on about 130 acres in a like relatively rural community, as rural as Northwestern New Jersey can get, as rural as New Jersey can get really to a degree. Um, and my family has been involved in this farm for about, for about 25 years, uh, even though the farm has been there since the 40s. Uh, and my family has been tied to agriculture in this town for about 300 years. So, you know, there's a lot of family history, um, a lot of responsibility, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, family guilt. No, uh, a lot of, you know, this is this is what you're going to do and uh, and be happy. Uh, um, but uh, but it's great and we love it and we love serving the community around us and, and, and doing something that gives us gives us joy and brings us happiness and and, you know, more stress than anyone can deal with. But joy and happiness, that's what it's all about. I absolutely love it. I love it. And it does. It brings so much joy to the people. Like, I mean, I've been to your farm. I don't know how many times, but I feel like it's palpable, that joy. And it's really like you can tell by everyone that's even visiting the farm, even during, you know, the pandemic and even during, you know, when people have their masks on and you couldn't see their faces, you could still feel that joy. And that I feel directly comes from you and, and your parents and the people that work for you. You know, I, I think to a degree, yes, but to a degree, it comes from what we're doing. You know, people get out in nature, people enjoy the fresh air, people enjoy really high quality, good products. Um, you know, everybody gets happy when they see a brownie uh, or, or something else or, or a piece of fruit, whatever brings them joy, really. So, you know, it, to a degree, it's, it's us, but, but it's really just uh, us existing um, and the farm existing and, and being there for our, for our community. It's incredible. And it's incredible to be able to be in that space where you create, because I feel like when we first came to the farm, like maybe there was like donuts and pie, and then it like grew, it grew into ice cream. It grew into pizza. I remember all the, that was like my favorite time being with the kids, like going for pizza night. Um, there was like 
and then it just like grew with all of your products. So like, what does that evolution look like? Because I've known you for years since the kids were babies. I think for us, it's, it's being able to plan for the future and plan for so many unknowns. You know, there's, there's so much unknown when it comes to what mother nature is going to do to us. We're always at the will of mother nature. We're always at the will of climate insecurity. Um, so, you know, if there's a year where, where we have a, a bad spring and we lose a crop, then we have to be able to plan for having some sort of contingency plan. We have to be able to have other avenues of income. You know, it's never going to make up the full full load that is the fruit, what that brings to the farm, the pick your own in the fall, the, the peaches in the summer. It's never going to make it up, but it'll make it a little bit better. So that's why we started after I came home from college, we started adding other like diversifications, other aspects of the business that would kind of give us a buffer in the years that that are uncertain, which, you know, lately every year has been a little uncertain. We're like praying, you know, we're, we're recording this in, in early April. We're like praying for the next six weeks, basically, to not have any sort of major climate impact. Um, and, you know, some years we make it out and some years we don't. And, you know, every year, anything we can do extra that allows us to survive um, is great. That's amazing. I'm going to talk about food. What was your last meal? Uh, so the last thing I ate was grapefruit. Um, the the you, Grapefruit's really hard to eat if you don't have a grapefruit spoon. Have you ever realized that? Have you ever tried to eat grapefruit with a fork? It doesn't go well. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I should have just supremed it. I, I, you know, but I'm sitting there trying to eat a grapefruit with a fork. And then eventually I just gave up and drank the juice. The last meal that I ate was uh, an omelet with uh, brie and bacon and herbs. And, you know, sometimes you just, in my case, you give your body what it wants more than more than you probably should. But, you know, that that was the last meal that I ate. Not not at all healthy, but but it made me feel good, although fleeting, but good. That sounds delicious. And yes, I actually segment each. My son Massimo is, I don't know about what it is about grapefruits, but every single time I must segment it. I separate the juice. Like there's a whole process to this. So I I feel you on the grapefruit. It's a difficult, it's a difficult task, you know, and nobody's just like eating sections of grapefruit. So, but yeah. So I'm going to talk about showing up because I feel like We're told this, and this is the name of this podcast, Showing Up Fully, because we're told in business, we're told in spirituality, we're told in wellness, we're told in all these different spaces to show up, our relationships, but no one actually defines what showing up is. And I feel like for you as a farmer, that you're going to have interesting answers of how you show up in the world. And I just can't wait to hear your answers. Thank you. Um, you know, I think for us, for, for people that are in this business, just just by existing is how you show up. You know, uh, sometimes that's OK. You know, people that are that are my generation, meaning like millennials and younger um, who are actively choosing to do this, who are like showing up and existing in this space, in the farm space, doing work that that nobody else would idolize, like or so far few people idolize or, or maybe people idolize it but they don't want to do it. Right. Um, you know, they, the things that you wouldn't necessarily strive for or succeed in, like, you know, you're, you're not, if you don't grow up in this environment, you're not growing up and your parents aren't saying go out and be a farmer. 
Uh, yeah, that's not that's not the 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 goal that that too many people have in mind. Um, you know, this isn't this isn't forty hours a week. It isn't weekends off. It isn't having secure financial planning and having four hundred one k and paid time off and two weeks vacation. All those things. That isn't this life. Um, so, so like by showing up and existing in this space, that's sometimes all that you really need to do. Um, you know, by being committed to it, uh, you know, if it, if it sounds like I'm degrading it, that's probably further from the truth than it could be. I, I chose this, like I chose to make this my life. I chose to love it. Uh, maybe I haven't loved every single minute of it. Uh, um, but there have definitely been like sacrifices that make it all worth it. Um, you know, I chose to show up by being a steward of the land. I chose to make this my purpose to feed people, um, to give things that that nourish their body and, and give them things that they like get undeniable satisfaction from. You know, life is balance. Life, life can't be all kale smoothies and keto diets all the time. Uh, I'm not knocking that. It's just, it's just not something that, you know, everybody strives for. Um, you know, so I give them balance. I give them, um, I, I give them a reason to come out and enjoy nature. And that's, that's kind of enjoy this life that we've created. That's kind of why I show up necessarily how I show up, but just exist and do it and make it the best that, that it can be. I love that, Jake. I love that because I tell often, it's interesting. I don't know that I've told you this, but I've said this on podcasts. I actually am doing a video with IAN and we're coming to your farm to do a video. And I remember part of the video where I was interviewed, I was like, there is nothing like being on your farm and having an ice cream with my kids and having the sun on my face. <laughs> a tablespoon. A tablespoon of ice cream with your kids. Treat those kids, Carla. Jeez. They deserve so Jake's a referring Come to, on. <laughs> Jake's referring to when my kids were babies, I literally would give them a tablespoon of ice cream. Now we're going for a scoop. We're going to go for a scoop. But I do feel like there is nothing like that feeling of being on the farm, enjoying the ice cream and being with my family and being on your land. Like there is just some magic that's created that exists nowhere else. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I think, uh, I think, um, you know, so often we don't take time to be in nature and just take it in, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, people call us every, we, we run pick your own apples at the farm. Um, and people call us every fall or, or they send us messages on Facebook or, or wherever it is. And they ask, what do you have fun for us to do? What, what else do you have? Do you have bounce houses? Do you have cow trains? Do you have all this other like entertainment? I was like, no, this isn't an amusement park, you know, get outside. Don't make yourself be constantly engaged. Like you don't have to be doing 10 things at once to enjoy the space that you're in. You know, get outside, breathe in, walk around the fields, enjoy nature, eat an apple, take in the view. That's all you need to do. There doesn't there doesn't need to be every every constant physical visual stimulation going on for for something that's supposed to be a 
outdoor activity that gets you out of the house and, and into nature more. I think that's so beautiful in the way to look at being in nature, being away from screens. I mean, obviously, I'm taking photos of my children obviously. while they're doing all of the things. My kids are posing. They're like, oh, this white wall that has cracks, that's the perfect surface for a photo mom. Like, okay, so yes, there are. there's that. But there definitely is this, like, I remember this, I feel like it was like this fall where we climbed up, you know, past the apple orchard and you can see all the land around. I don't think we've ever done that, but there was literally not a soul on the farm that day. Like it was us and like a couple of people in the store, but we like, we went all the way out and I was like, wow, this is incredible. And this is, I feel like what it's meant to be alive. Like I do feel like you provide this incredible, like, do you have bounce houses and all these other things? Do my kids need that? Absolutely not. But I think having that moment and having that experience and looking out, like my kids will always remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, we could, we could capitalize on the amusement park farm diversification thing. We could make five times what we're making now, but what's the point of it? Like, if you're not, if you're not just existing with with the world around you, if you're constantly trying to occupy your mind and your and your your whatever your body, um, why are you even outside? You know, you can do the same thing staring at a screen and playing a video game. This is so true, mm -hmm. Jake. Can I ask you about showing up during the pandemic? Because I feel like. And this is my perspective as an outsider and a, and a supporter of your farm and your store and all the things that like literally like your model changed overnight. Like it became online orders. It became, you know, you had some of the most sought after things. You had flour, you had yeast. Like it, it, I felt like I was being hooked up in, in a really <laughs> real way. Like, and you know, what was it like to shift? Because I know that your community is more conservative. Like, what was it like to shift towards mass and distancing and like all of those things? I would love to know about it. Uh, you know, we we changed overnight because we had to, essentially. You know, we I remember having a very distinct conversation in the middle of March with my father, who is a relatively conservative person who said, Oh, this will this will be gone in three months. You won't have to worry. Blah blah blah. You know the same thing you you get from from anybody in that type of mindset. And I get it. He's he's changed. His opinions have changed, and that's that's great. Um, but we had a very real conversation where I just said, you know, we either are going to shut down, and that'll be an indefinite amount of time. It might be two weeks. We might close for two weeks. The the amount of time that they were initially saying that you know things had to shut down for, which we all know isn't isn't true or isn't what happened, but, uh, or we could change our model and adapt and see if the community rallies behind us. And if it doesn't, then at that point we shut down. Um, and if it does, we just keep doing it. And, you know, we, we kept doing it. We transitioned to having a pretty much a fully online pickup limited day of 
things available and the community really got behind us. And we were one of the first uh, within this environment to do that because it is a, a relatively conservative community. Um, now, masks and those kind of mandates are a different story. I think we definitely had pushback, as a lot of people in a lot of communities had. Um, but we dealt with it. You know, we everybody was pretty reasonable, which I'm thankful for. You know, even though it's a conservative red county in a otherwise blue state, people are pretty reasonable in New Jersey. I don't know if we would have found the same thing if we were in some Midwestern or some southwestern southeastern state um so everybody kind of followed the rules which was good um and it helped keep our staff safe you know our staff is still masked um we just took down our barriers this week which is which was a weird feeling we'll see how that plays out (laughs) um but we're still trying to keep everybody as healthy as possible we went an entire year of the pandemic without any staff member knowingly getting covid um, none of the management got COVID, you know, and we were very thankful for that. Um, and I think that had to do a lot to do with how active we were about asking staff to wear masks, asking customers to enter a certain amount of people at a time, um, asking them to wear masks and, and then following that. But I don't want to do it again. I don't think anybody wants to do it again. It was good. You know, it, it's not... I always feel weird saying it was good for business, right? But it was good in the sense that people wanted to do things that were outside, wanted to be able to breathe in fresh air, like we were just talking about, didn't want to sit at home all day. And we were able to offer them that kind of avenue um, during pick your own season and, and during other times of the season, people could walk around the farm, walk around the orchards, you know, get a little escape. So... I think for everybody, it was a weird time, but we made it through. Maybe. We'll see. We got some time left. 100%. It could change on a dime, right? I want to ask you, I want to dig a little bit deeper into what it's like to be in a conservative space and and to be gay and to be a gay farmer. And what is that like? Um to be in your red County in New Jersey. So, you know, growing up, I obviously not obviously, but I was not out. I did not reconcile with myself that this is who I am until later in life. Um, you know, until I had a conversation the night before Trump got elected with my parents about being gay, that's a great time to come out to your conservative parents. Uh, (laughs) But uh, it's fine. It's fine now. Everything's fine now. Um, but growing up, I think I like like so many people that are my age, so many people that grew up in this type of environment, you you hid. You tucked yourself away until eventually you could figure it out. Um, now, I just don't care. Uh, now, you know, if somebody has an issue with it, they don't have to come to the farm and support me. They don't have to buy the amazing products that everybody else that is more open-minded is going to get to enjoy. Um, But there is still a little bit of guarding yourself, right? There's still like a little bit of, you don't want to be too outspoken. You don't want to be 
too much of an advocate. Like that's really, I don't know if I can swear, but that's really shitty to say. Like that's. Oh yeah, you can swear. I, okay, okay, great. Go ahead and swear. Uh, <laughs> like it's, it's never going to be ideal in this space, in this community. You know, and maybe that's okay because maybe we make more of an impact by trying to change people's minds little by little or not even necessarily change people's mind, people's minds, just get them to be okay. So maybe they won't be a shitty human to somebody else who is gay that they meet along their path. If they see tolerance and acceptance in the space that we're creating in this corner of New Jersey that is very red, um, then maybe they'll be impacted to be more tolerable and be more respectful um, in their own lives. Um, that's not to say like we don't we're not saying anything we're not not doing anything you know we, we it's the little things right so we have a hate has no home here sign up on our front door we only had one person push back on that which is great right you know somebody somebody pushed back on on that they really wanted hate in our in our store uh, and i said okay go somewhere else and that's fine like sometimes that's what you have to do like i'm not you know, everybody's money spends the same, right? Whether it's conservative or or Republican, and it doesn't always feel good. But you know, I can I can take their money and then donate it to human rights campaign or something. Uh, but uh, that's what I always say. Um, but we still we still do promotions for Pride where we donate um, like a hundred percent of of what we take in for creation of this Pride ice cream flavor that we do. Uh, we still still do other like fundraisers throughout the year where we either publicly or silently donate to uh, charities that that we believe in that we believe are making a dis- dis- difference in the community. Um, you know, I things with my parents when I first came out were interesting. Like I've been in this role at the farm essentially. Uh, not to such a degree, but essentially since I came home from college in 2013. So it's been eight years. You know, I, I've been out since, uh, I don't even remember when he was elected. That's how bad it is. Um, 2016, right. Uh, that's, yeah, I've blocked out that part in my, in my mind. Um, every day I have to go to work and work with the same people and still create, amazing things with the people around me. And those people around me are my, are my parents who were, who were conservative, relatively Christian um, individuals, but they still love me in the end, uh, which, you know, is the right way to do it. Uh, and we still have to work together and we still have to make it work and, and exist. So just keep existing. I think that that's a thread through all mm-hmm. of this is that you show up and you exist. Mm-hmm. And that is not the easiest thing to do. And I'm going to flip this and ask you, and I'm interested to know what your answer is. What do you do when you don't want to show up? You know, it's not always about me, right? It's about the people I employ. It's about the people that we serve. It's about the people who rely on this business to feed them and nourish them. Um, it's about, you know, giving somebody that like gooey ganache brownie that just gets them through their day. Like, uh, 
sometimes that's all it takes, right? That's all the motivation you need. Um, you know, it's about the community that we built. And like, I'm not like saying that like my, my mental health doesn't matter. My like self-worth doesn't matter necessarily. My desires don't matter, but I'm saying that there's so much more in the picture than just me, you know, nine times out of 10, if it's me not wanting to show up, it's me being selfish. And maybe that's like how I was raised, you know, you have a tough skin when you grow up. Um, I grew up in a, in an extremely loving family and an extremely loving community. Um, I'm not saying it was like hardship, but you know, you grow up on a farm and you grow up knowing that you're different than those around you and knowing that like who you are and who you're going to become isn't necessarily going to be accepted. And like you suppress your feelings and your thoughts and, you know, you grow up queer without being able to put it into words um, or without being able to express yourself that gives you a thick skin. So, you know, we all have trauma, you know, nobody's perfect. We just have to learn to, live with it and, and deal with it in our own way and move on, you know, recognize it, don't suppress it, but don't let it rule your life. So, you know, if there's a day where I don't want to show up and don't want to be there, then I think about those things around me. And if I still don't want to, don't want to do it, then, you know, I'm given the flexibility that I don't necessarily have to do it. Right. You know, you have to be there to make sure it functions but you don't necessarily have to be there fully. And that's, that's all right. There's so much, like so much to unpack in there, Jake. (laughs) I feel like, and I know this from, from being with you and like seeing you just like mentally, physically, everything exhausted that you continue to show up. It's like, almost like not an option to not be there except for when you're on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, very thankfully I have, well, maybe not so thankfully I have like two months of relatively mandated uh, semi unpaid vacation uh, (laughs) when you run a farm in, in this climate. So like January, February are pretty chill. Um, And that's my reset time. And that's always been what it's been like growing up with this, I've been, you know, my family owned the farm since 2000. I've been here since I was 10. Uh, and I've been in this environment since I was 10, but that was like always the understanding, like, like you, you show up every day, 100% or 95%. That's fine. Um, through the season, through the busy season, you get through it and then ultimately you're rewarded. So is that great for, for mental health? Is this therapy? Are we doing therapy right now? Is that? Oh, no. <laughs> we are not doing oh, therapy damn. right now. Oh, damn. But right. I am definitely listening. <laughs> I know. I know you are. <laughs> uh, farmers don't know what therapy is. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know so many farmers, so I definitely, I'm like laughing because uh. it's, I understand. Like, I understand. I remember, and my friend Rose, she passed away two years ago. She was a a dairy farmer. And she's like, I maybe sleep 20 hours a week. And I was like, whoa, this is, it's just, it's real. It's the real life of being a farmer and being a farmer in the season. And, you know, pretty much all of us, we choose it. Like, 
some of us, this is what we were born to do. Some of us, this is the environment we were born into. Some of us, like me, this is what I chose to do. You know, I had options. I went to college for pre-vet. I could have gone to vet school. I chose to do something that I thought would give my life more fulfillment and more satisfaction. Um, and it has. Don't get me wrong. It has. But it's hard. It's never, it's probably never not going to be hard, which I've realized and I've accepted. And you just go through it and do everything you can to make it worth it. So far, it's been worth it. Eight years in, it's been worth it. So just keep going. I'm so grateful for you, Jake. It's just like, it's just such a, joy to be with you and to like your words. I feel like whoever's listening to this podcast, I hope that they really take it in and let your words wash over them because this can be applied to so many different Mm -hmm. things and so many different situations, not just farming. And I feel like the way that you view things about existing and worth it and really showing up for your life and for your business is such an incredible inspiration. So I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now come feed those kids more than a tablespoon of ice cream and get some elderberry jam (laughs) or elderflower elder. What am I supposed to get for you? I don't know. Something weird. Elderberry. Elderberry My son loves elderberry jam. It's, it's just one of those things. Um, You're the only one that buys it, so I only order 12, 12 jars of it because she. there's no way she could eat more than 12 jars in a year. So uh, it's all for you. Oh, well, boy. thank you for getting us elderberry jam. My goodness, it's so funny. How can, and this doesn't matter where anybody is, how can we find you? How can we support you in the farm? Because I feel like you, you know, you do donations during the year. Mm-hmm. You also have online things. So like, what, how can we support you, Jake? Where can we find you? Just uh, anywhere you are uh, at Windybrow Farms is the best way. Any social platform, uh, windybrowfarms.com. You know, if you're, if you're up this way, come and visit us. We'd love to have you on the farm. We'd love to have you in nature. Thank you so much, Jake. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you've liked this episode, I would love if you could share it, text message, email, post it in a story, tag Jake and myself. I will put all of the information about the farm and Jake's handles in the show notes. I'm sending you and yours love, Jake. You Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Carla. Bye, everybody. It's great to be here. Thank you.